0: Welcome to Torn Stubs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk
1: and Joshua Winning, the greatest film reviewer you have never heard of. And we're going to the movies.
0: In this episode, we're going to revisit a film that had its cinema release very recently and see if we feel different to how we did when we first saw it. Bone Tomahawk is a 2016 western directed by S. Craig Zahler. It sees the town's sheriff, played by Kurt Russell, lead a group of men, his deputy, a ruffian, and an injured doctor, into unknown territories to rescue the doctor's wife and another of his deputies. When I first saw this film... It was recommended to me. Someone said to me, Rob, you've got to watch this film called Bone Tomahawk. I really think you'd like it. It's up your street. So I quickly Googled it just to see the poster. The poster to me says, like John Wayne, 1950s. It doesn't tell me anything else that happens in the movie.
1: Yeah, that's the brilliance of it.
0: Obviously, I can assume there's going to be Native Americans, but they're not strictly Native Americans. No. So again, spoilers... Um, you should watch the film before you listen to us talk about it. They are, as they're referred to as troglodytes. They're, mm. they're like a, like an offshoot of the Native Americans, and they're kind of mutant, mm. but not special ability mutants. They just seem to
1: they be they're cannibals. They're mutant cannibals.
0: They're cannibals, and they have bone structures in their throats. Yeah, and I don't know if that's that they've put them there or they've naturally grown there. It seem but,
1: biological. You seem biological? It seemed. When, when when it was being cut out of one of the throats by Patrick Wilson, he had to disentangle it from a lot of kind of, you know, gore and shit. Gore so, and shit, yeah. yeah. Um, it seemed like a... Okay, maybe
0: they are biological then. Yeah. When I first saw it, I just didn't... I didn't Because it starts off as a Western. And it, it hints... It really does hint at the horror elements. But they're really really subtle they completely pass you by and it's only when you get to the last half an hour that you realize oh fuck i'm watching a a grindhouse horror film
1: yeah yeah it's great The, the genius of this film is that they released it in february 2016 that was a month after the hateful eight it was seven months before the magnificent seven remake so it was in this spate of kind of big name westerns uh that were that were coming out in in cinemas and um and then bone tomahawk comes along and it just kind of goes yeah we're gonna we're gonna play by the rules a little bit but then actually you're gonna lose your shit and it um it does hint at that horror stuff in the very first scene because of course david arquette is famous for the scream films so he he's a horror movie actor but he's almost unrecognizable he is he's he's fantastic he's creepy he's dirty you know everyone in this film looks like they haven't showered in about a year they just got a a veneer of sweat and filth and dust over them um and that and that kind of lends a really earthy kind of uh what's the word sort of
0: gritty masculinity to it
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah it's very much a man's film in the kind of old in the old tense you know the the in the old way there's four lead characters they're all men the wife is in it for a few scenes. Then she's gone for a, an hour and a bit. Um It's very much kind of men fighting back against this um outsiders. But she's not unusual to a standard
0: 1950s Western. Absolutely. We switch on BBC Two on a Saturday afternoon. You can watch any number of Westerns in mm. black and white that will have men fighting for the love of a woman, but in a really manly, manly way.
1: But the great thing about these men is that they aren't actually you know, really manly men. They've all got something wrong with them. Kurt Russell is, you know, in his older years and he's constantly questioned over whether he's fit for fit for duty. Uh, Richard Jenkins, who's fantastic, who plays Chicory, his deputy. He's just he, dumb as fuck. Great name. He's just <laughs> so simple. He's not playing with a full deck, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew Fox is like this kind of preening, really proud, kind of slightly oily guy who you're not sure if he's going to turn on in any second. And obviously Patrick Wilson is physically wounded he's he's got this um what happened he got kicked by a horse or something or... he
0: fell off his roof and hurt his leg all uh, right back then he's yeah, he hobbled around dangerous
1: watching him on screen for the entire film is an absolutely exhausting experience because he is hobbled he can barely move he's determined to find his wife he's on a crutch he's you know falling down he's in agony he's taking opium uh he is yeah it's it's such a painful watch and such a fantastic performance like why would anyone put themselves through that but kudos to him for his wife, well, I mean the actor, like you know why would why would Patrick Wilson sign up to a film when he's got to basically torture himself for two hours and ten minutes in the in the middle of nowhere in searing heat, the method dear, the yeah, method yeah Kurt Russell, let's talk about Kurt Russell, fantastic. I feel with Kurt Russell for every
0: one great performance he puts in, or every one good choice he makes in terms of what film he chooses there will be maybe three or four where you think, are you doing this for the money? <laughs> Which is almost like a Nicolas Cage
1: arrangement. Yeah, it's like, it's like five for them, one for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. But I think this character, and spoilers, if
0: he hadn't have died in this film, <laughs> I would have liked to have seen this character again in some sort of... You know, in, in a Tomahawk. In another Western um, adventure because he was such a lovable character. Yeah. And it's almost like every character Kurt Russell's ever played is kind of in there. There's
1: aspects of, of quite a lot of them. He's definitely got this lustrous kind of grey beard thing going on. He's actually kind of almost turning into Jeff Bridges. Uh, they kind of, I had to kind of remind myself that he wasn't in Tron Legacy. That was <laughs> actually Jeff Bridges. Um, but no, I think, I think Kurt Russell's kind of having a bit of a a purple patch at the moment. Like he's just done Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. He was in Fast and Furious 8. He did that Deepwater Horizon thing that everyone loved, right? No, I don't think anyone did. I didn't Um, see that. I didn't like him in um, Guardians. I thought it was too,
0: I thought it was too on the nose. It was too much, like that role was perfectly written for him. Yeah. It's boring casting for me. And that film was really boring. Uh, (laughs) Really boring. It was like another person who wants to rule the universe. Yeah. I thought Guardians were better than that. They were like the anti- comic book comic book movie. Well
1: it kind of undid everything that it was that it did so well in the first film was like the first film brought all these ridiculous characters together and went, Hey look, they aren't they great together because they're just so ridiculous. And then this film went, let's just separate them across the universe. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that <laughs> Back to Bone Tomahawk. This had
0: a this had a, a similar um visual style to uh The Witch in the sense that it was lots of sort of sands and, and browns and you know dust and dirt.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, well it was it's kind of similar in the sense that it's very earthy and you can feel the the location is very much kind of a part a character in the film but it is obviously the opposite because it's it's uh, it's harsh in a different way it's it's harsh in terms of its it's hot and hot and dry hard and dry whereas the witch is wet and remote <laughs> <laughs> wow
0: yeah that's on your dating profile yeah. um there's another character in in this film that kind of goes by quite subtly and that's the land that the whole thing takes
1: place on yeah shot in south carolina really good looking that's not true <laughs> shot in the south <laughs> shot in southern california <laughs> but it's really good looking and they've used the space that they had available to them mm. exceedingly well oh, that was great it looks fantastic yeah and it you you just feel that heat and you you can feel you know, as soon as they lose the horses, you're like, oh, fuck, you know, how are they going to get there now? Can't just jump in the car. Um, but I think there's been a decision made.
0: Because although everything is filmed outside, as soon as we get to the Troglodyte Cave, mm. it looks like a a set. a set. It does. It looks like a studio set. But mm. I, think that's a, I think that's been done purposefully as a little wink-wink back to, you know, the
1: 1950s style cowboy films. Possibly, or it's a low-budget film. I mean, it could be either of those things. There's stuff in this film that I cannot unsee. I got up last night to go to the toilet in the dark, and I had to turn the light on because I was terrified that I was going to get split down the middle by a troglodyte <laughs> with a massive cow jaw. That scene,
0: oh god, when that first hit me in the cinema, that oh. it, it, it threw me. I, I wasn't expecting that because it's so, it's so visual and so visceral and
1: so realistic. Yeah, it's it's. Try watching it when you're hungover. It is horrific. It's just one of the one of the most horrific things I've ever seen on film. It's, it's like Cannibal Holocaust to the extreme. Um, it's just oh, it's awful. I can't stop seeing it. That stayed with me for a week or two. Yeah, all of it. It's just like the worst thing that could happen to a human being. <laughs> and and this this guy is like screaming as various bits of him are being hacked at, and so he has his he's scalped. Then they take the scalp hammer it into his mouth hammer it
0: into his mouth with a like some sort of spike so it cracks the back of his head mm. then they turn him upside down pull his legs apart and hack away essentially at his ass and then yeah. pull him apart
1: yeah it's just awful but it's done
0: exceedingly well yeah that's... it doesn't look like goofy it doesn't look um, it doesn't look like the evil dead where it's like plasticine or uh-huh. you know food colouring it you know the first thing you see come out of his ass is is like watery shit and then blood and then literally his guts fall out
1: i feel like we need to stop talking about this it's (laughs) it's gonna be an (laughs) r-rated podcast now
0: um it stayed with me it stayed with me for like two weeks and it really affected me but
1: now but it is it is horrific but what it does do really well is it raises the stakes into the stratosphere because mm. now you know what is going to happen potentially to these characters that you fall in love with you don't want the sheriff to get split up through his ass like but no but something else happens to him that yeah.
0: gives that gives Kurt Russell his hero moment yeah which is kind of why you watch a Kurt Russell movie yeah even, even in something as shitty as Death Proof, he gets his hero moment. Mm-hmm. Um, when he, in this film, when he, in Bone Tomahawk, when he sits up and his stomach's been split open and he's been shot and his fingers have been cut off and he sits up and he fires the gun, he looks like shit, <laughs> but he looks so heroic. It's almost like Snake Pliskin's final battle.
1: Yeah. All I could think about when that scene was his wife wanted him to come home and he's not going to it's Aww. really sad <laughs> it is really sad it's like sad. why does Patrick Wilson get his wife and Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Bridges I can't stop thinking it's Jeff Bridges <laughs> it
0: is sad but unfortunately the sheriff usually has to die mm. and now the town's in charge the guy who's in charge of the town is the the fucking dumb fucker <laughs> did you see Bone Tomahawk in the cinema
1: I watched it last night on Netflix so you've never seen it before no but I'd heard so I knew that it was going to be a western that turned into a horror film um, so I knew that was coming uh, but it didn't minimise the impact at all. I was, as I, as with the witch, I was you know waiting for this horrific thing to happen. Oh, so you knew that? There was I knew horri- something horrific was going to happen. I I didn't uh... when I saw it in the
0: cinema. I had no idea. And even when I left, I thought I didn't even, I didn't even question that these troglodytes
1: were fictional. Mm. I just
0: assumed, God, some of those.
1: Some of those Native Americans were vicious. This was. <laughs> this is definitely a historical document. Yeah, they they found the uh, the Did evidence. That no?
0: Does that say anything about me? Has been just fucking stupid.
1: Gullible, gullible. Yeah. Um. That an amazing thing about it actually as well. This was the first draft of the script. Really? Yeah. Stephen Stephen Craig Zala. His first name is Stephen. Okay. Uh. He this he wrote uh he wrote for nine years while working as a chef. Um. Just writing, writing, writing. And he he wrote, he's written lots of books, actually. He's a crime, sci-fi, Western novel writer. He's quite acclaimed. Published. Uh, Yeah, published. He wrote a Western called Congregation of the Jackals, which got a ton of critical love. Um, And so this, his script for Bone Tomahawk, he he shot the first draft of the script, which is just insane because it's like, it's an unbelievably witty and well-written film. When you say first draft, it's just the
0: first draft he's shown people, but there's, you know... I mean, drafts. you would have to ask Stephen that. I would imagine. I mean, I imagine that's one of those bullshit PR things. This is the first draft of the script. It, I imagine it's
1: not. It's <laughs> too perfect. No one, no one, you know, I don't is know. that much of a good writer. He wrote this. Present company excluded. Well, of course. He wrote this after having written, you know, books for a decade. So I wouldn't be surprised if actually he was that He just bashed it out.
0: Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Um, does this film hold up to repeat review, uh,
1: viewing? Well, I couldn't say. I've only seen it once. Could you watch it again? I'd have to watch it with somebody who hadn't seen it, just so I could see the look on their yeah. face when poor old <laughs> what's his face gets scalped.
0: Got a good bum, that guy. Yeah, he does. He's a very good bum. Mm.
1: Um, this film does
0: hold up. I've seen it twice now. I don't think I could watch it like again today. I think it'd have to be you know in a year or two. But now you know, in, in a way, now I know what's going to happen. You can kind of enjoy the journey and the character interplay, yeah, even more. So that's Bone Tomahawk, directed by S. Craig Zala. We want you to join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts and reviews to at Pod, even if you're listening to this way after we've released the podcast.
1: And let's keep talking. Also, share the podcast far and wide and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love five-star reviews.
0: We do. Bloody love them. We're off to cut a whistle out of someone's neck. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut!